Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Spartans. It is Tuesday, April 28th. The year is still 2020. Still? Still. Oh, man. <laughs> it's All right. March 670 billion. Mm-hmm. The year is 1801. Yep. I yep. don't know what day it is. No, it, does, it doesn't matter. So My name is Will fine. Hunter. I'm joined by a mystery man that is my co-host named I was going to say Shat Meehan. I said Shat Meehan. That's yeah, a pretty that good happens. one. Shat Meehan. It, it's one of the better ones that, that you'll find as far as switching the, the letters <laughs> around. Yeah, definitely. So uh, I'll, I'll wear that with a badge of honor. Matt, how are you? Good, fine. Just uh, another day on Groundhog's Day really. Just doing the same thing I did the previous 40 days. How, how are you doing, Will? No one ever asks how Will's doing. Have you ever seen that movie? No, 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 but I get the gist. Same thing every okay. day, Bill Murray. Yeah, it's, you know. Um, I didn't think you had seen it. You know you've no, asked, no, no, no. you know you've said to me, nobody asks how Will's doing. You've said that a few times. Yeah, that's kind of my bit, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I want to be very clear, I was mm-hmm. quoting you, not referring to myself in the third person. That was a direct quote from you. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I would gotcha. never, never do such a thing. No, you should start doing that, though. It adds a little bit of moxie. It worked well for Ricky Henderson, so I hope that could work for Will Hunter. <laughs> Ricky. Okay. Fine player. <laughs> if I stole 600,000 bags in the MLB, I would refer to myself in the third person, too. Oh, of course. It, without question. I, I would I would even throw, like, a, your your majesty in front of it, too, if, if I were able to do that. One of my... Uh, I'm just a podcaster, so here I am. One of my super niche favorite sports story joke things whatever you want to call it anecdotes mm-hmm. is uh i don't know if you've ever heard this but bomani jones doing a ricky henderson impression no it's so it's just it's one of those little things you're like that is perfect it's like hello this is ricky calling on behalf of ricky but he's so much <laughs> he's so much obviously better at it and it's just, shoot i gotta look that off yeah I don't, I don't even know if it's a thing i've just like heard him do it a couple times talking about ricky henderson like on highly questionable or something like that so it's just always stuck with me or sure. on a podcast or something anyway i digress you know what my favorite thing is will my favorite thing is hopping on a podcast and talking about another msu recruit Woo! Because, God, that, that happens every other day, seemingly, at this point. In the middle of a quarantine. Look at him go. Look at him go. It's good. Oh, my God. Oh, no, oh no, oh no, no, no. Will, we need you back. Come on, we're not that boring yet. Come I don't on, know Will. what happened. I'm not me. tired. Uh, that came out of nowhere. I mean, it's 11 o'clock, but I am someone who sure. goes to bed around 1 or 2 in the morning. Yeah, night um, So I'm, I'm good right now. Yeah, that came out of nowhere. Um, my apologies. Uh, there's going to be more, It was is what I was going to say. There Hmm. will continue to be more, and we'll get into this a little bit. Um, I think you're going to start seeing additions at the top of the board in terms of where Michigan State's commit stack right now. Like if we're on 24-7, they're ranked based on their ranking. The best ranked players at the top, the worst in theory is at the bottom, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to start seeing guys get stacked on the top. Um Nothing that's going to be mind-blowing, but definitely some really high-quality prospects um, are going to be joining this class, seems like, in the near future. I like the idea of that. Tea tea leaf reading. Um, 
yeah, we'll sort of see as things shake out. Um, but yeah, I'm expecting at least one more this week. Um, and I've heard people who are more plugged into me reference a couple, two or three more this week. We'll see. Um, I like the sound of that. That's very nice. Yeah, Cruton's a funny game. But Michigan State adds Kevin Wigington to their class. We're going to talk about that. A mammoth of a man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, as a uh, offensive guard slash tackle um, out of New Jersey. We'll talk about that here. And we will also talk about some of the NFL guys that we didn't get to yesterday uh, in the draft recap. I want to talk about uh, Brian Lewerke's landing spot, and we can talk about some of the other guys, um, our thoughts on Bocce and Raekwon going undrafted, Daryl Stewart, Cody White, two really interesting spots as well. So we're going to talk about that. As well, and I do want to hit on some. We'll probably do this before the NFL stuff. Just kind of add on to recruiting and do another like, here's where we're at. Like, let's look at this kind of thing through some uh, a different angle. So we'll do that as well after we talk specifically about Kevin Wigington. So Matt, that's plan for today's show. I like that plan. Let's do it. Remind to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked On Spartans wherever you get. Your podcast, we're still doing this every single day during the quarantine, five days a week, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Bang. Say, five days a week. My my mouth is so dry right now. Say some words. Say literally anything you want me to start on uh, good old Kevin, the newest member of the 2021 class. I probably should have just done that. That, that would have been much more professional and clean. And that's what I usually do is just yeah, lead into something fun. for you that I know you'll speak for more than two seconds, so I can take a drink of water, but I don't trust you. Okay, okay, that's fair. I wouldn't trust myself either in this situation. Although, I, I, I've i got some numbers in front of me. You got, got some numbers? numbers. Because I, I think one of the curious things is, with uh, his commitment, <laughs> commitment. What word um, was that? Commit to mint. Commitment. Yeah. You said um, it like a three-year-old who's just learning the word for the first time. Yeah, yeah, there's about like, there's like nine, nine T's in there and 14 M's. Yeah, I, I nailed that word. That's a Commitment. really good word for a three-year-old to be saying, wow, good job, Maddie. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Thanks, Will. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> so it, it, one of the interesting things, and we've talked about this, is just the kind of player that Mel wants on his team. And Coach Cap wants, too, the mm. offensive line mm-hmm. coach, for sure. Um, it's no secret that you want big offensive linemen, but... Wow, you talk about an emphasis on big offensive linemen right now. This is, of course, MSU's second offensive line commit, the other one being Ethan Boyd at 6'7", 285. Large. Kevin Wigginton comes in at 6'5", 290. I saw, you, sorry, no, I, I saw 6'6", six, six, and he's now around uh, 270 and has um, chiseled up a little bit since his mm. uh, season ended. He's been in the weight room. Well, I think that weight's going to be going even higher because uh, if there's yeah. anything that Mel <laughs> and Cap love, it is the 300 and up club on the offensive line. Oh, yeah. Now, I'm looking around, and last year on Colorado's depth chart, this is what they had starting the season at offensive line. All five starters coming in at 300 pounds or more. Now, of, co- of course, of course, Mel was only there for one year, but still. I'd imagine there was an emphasis on bigger guys. And another good thing to look at as well is what was Mel's recruiting class at Colorado like yeah, for the next year? that's what I was going to say. Three offensive linemen, Will. Just three offensive linemen. However, there was 6'3", 320, 6'5", 
Six foot five, three hundred pounds, and get ready for this one. Six foot eight and a half, <laughs> three hundred and forty-five pounds. So the emphasis is big on there. And you may say, "Oh, well, all offensive linemen are big. Come on, this isn't anything you're breaking here." Okay, yeah, just like I was saying earlier, Colorado. All five other starters to start the season were over three hundred pounds. MSU. There's only two guys that fit the bill at over 300 pounds. Sure, I'm sure there's a balance between uh, size, athleticism, quickness, Mm -hmm. heft. Um, But yeah, sometimes in in big boy football, if if you're not in the 300 and up club, it just might not work. And the offensive line at Will, you can dive into this too um, if you have more to say on it. But we've talked, this is weeks ago when Coach Cap was first hired. But he is a mighty fine offensive line coach. He did a great job at Colorado in just one year. Now, the numbers weren't something extraordinary. They weren't world-beating. Although, one pretty solid stat is just a 4.86 sack percentage, which is good for 30th in the nation. Well, we were talking about this before we started recording. Colorado was abysmal the year before they stepped in. So to even make that a decent offensive line is very impressive. So I got no doubt that Cap... When he gets his guys, when he gets guys like Wigginton, when he gets guys like Ethan Boyd, that not only are they going to mold them into the size that they want to be, like every college program ideally, but they're going to coach them up well and they're going to make them a solid unit. And Lord knows we need a solid offensive line unit. It's been shoddy. Mm -hmm. Shoddy at best the last few seasons, (laughs) Will. And my, oh my, I would just love to see a quarterback protected. I want to see run lanes again, Will. Will, I want to see run lanes again. Is that so much to ask for? No, it's not. Okay, thanks. <laughs> it makes you feel a little better. All right. <laughs> I'm glad you went on an offensive line um, digression. Yeah, there are certainly. So this is something Colton Pouncey from The Athletic likes to track, and every time he does it, um, mm-hmm. I love it too, and you do as well. Just jump in there and have some fun um, sure. with him because I don't know why. Um, but here's just the listed heights of Michigan State's commits right now. Six foot six, six foot seven, six foot six foot. That's a running back in a corner. Two spots where heights like okay. Mm-hmm. Um, six foot four, six foot five, six foot five, six foot four. Uh, l- lengthy. A lot of lot of tall people. Tall. It's height. A lot of everyone's really riding every people. roller coaster they want to. Yeah. On their um, team right now. They certainly try to get big athletic people and say, "We bring you in. You have." a raw ability, a frame that we can work on, and we'll teach you technique. We'll teach you how to get the most out of your potential, which is um, not to say that it's never happened at Michigan State. They would, you know, they like to target long, rangy defensive ends. Um, but I think that the offensive line people that they've been targeting here are certainly a, just a little bit different. Uh, Michigan State would go after a six foot one offensive lineman six foot two offensive lineman um and that just doesn't seem to be in the cards right now we'll see uh, what they pursue in a center uh because that's somewhere where you're kind of like height's not as uh, big but yeah these uh are some big boys and wigginton just real quick here to go over his actually you know we'll pause we'll come right back because we're out of time in the first segment we'll pick up and talk uh about wigginton's rankings and and his highlight film and things of that nature to steal a phrase from Mark D'Antonio. I've noticed in everyday life that whenever someone says things of that nature, it just mm-hmm. makes me think of Mark D'Antonio. You um, score right to good old Mark. Yeah. yeah I like it, that. It I is like, like 
That man said it four times every single press conference. It's incredible. Um, it's a great cop outline too. Oh, I absolutely love easy. it. Um, so Wigginton chose Michigan State. His final four was Maryland, Pittsburgh, and Tennessee. Had a few. He had Power Five offers also from uh, Indiana and Vanderbilt, um, and had had conversations with a number of other Power Five schools that didn't end up offering him, um, but. He's offered by more than a dozen teams out of New Jersey. Um, he is, like we've talked about, really large, really big person. Uh, he is in the composite rankings in 83.66, which is tied for the lowest with Derek Harmon and Hampton Fay uh, among the Michigan State recruits. I noticed this. Um, strange coincidence, 83.66 seems to be one of these numbers that a lot of prospects get. There's like almost a hundred players, like 70, like 80, I think are ranked 83.66. So it's just one of these numbers that a lot of guys get grouped in on. Um, 41st offensive guard in the country, 1000th ish overall prospect. So not, uh, in terms of like pedigree, like someone who's going to, set the world on fire it's not going to be someone who's like ohio state's going to be like damn how'd they get that guy right yeah well Um, maybe not yet hopefully yeah so (laughs) he's certainly a power five recruit he's got you know a half dozen power five offers including an sec offer a couple big 10 offers um so that is enough. You looking at his highlight film um i see it's obvious why Someone would recruit him power five. Uh, A, he's massive, and that stands out. He's incredibly strong. Um, Every single highlight on his film is him just, like, driving somebody through the turf. Very reminiscent of uh, the blindside scene where Michael Orr takes him for a 200-yard ride, seemingly. It's every play is that. And I know the competition's not, like, the greatest thing, and I'm sure he plays against some pretty good players out in New Jersey. Yeah. but like he is just ruining people in the run game. Um, has some work in pass protection to do, and that's fine. That's what happens with high school kids who aren't working on pass sets a lot. I did read that he is doing some like offseason camps and things, and like working with line coaches who help develop college prospects, and that'll be good. His feet, for as big as he is, like he is not um, as heavy footed as you would imagine. Um, he can move a little bit. They'll use him uh, to pull out on swing or on screens and toss plays and things like that. Where he'll get in space, and he actually does a good job of getting his hands on defensive backs and linebackers, and then driving them into the dirt. Um, so he seems like he's a pretty good player. I'm not, you know, I think he's probably a little underrated <laughs> right now. Just I don't watch a ton of offensive line film, but these this kid is just. Spends entire games punishing people and blocking people into, like, literally into the benches um, mm-hmm. multiple times. Blocking kids, like, 20 yards downfield. Um, and he's, I think his coach described him as a junkyard dog. Um, and you can see that. And that, if I'm an offensive line coach, I see that. I'm like, yeah, I can make his feet better. I can work with him on technique. I can refine this. Um, but there's a lot of good to work with. So, someone that I think would could certainly be primed for a jump. Uh, like I mentioned, his high school coach, uh, said he's down like 20 pounds in terms of like his waistline is smaller. His shoulders are bigger. Uh, he's going through a diet, like he's 
gotten really serious. This is all from his high school coach, really serious about his dieting and eating healthy and eating right and being consistent with weights, um, trying to build his body to be even better. And, you know, if he can do that, like he's got some room to, to work there, like in terms of shape and stuff like, okay, I see mm-hmm. this is a giant, strong person. Let's see if we can get a little bit more in the chest, a little bit less <laughs> in places we maybe don't want it. Um, but I think just judging based on the comments of his coach, he's well aware of that and he's working really hard to uh, get better at it. So that's exciting too. Um, yeah, I think he's a fine prospect and definitely someone I'm happy they uh, got their hands on. It's the theme of the recruiting cycle for Mel Tucker, isn't it? I mean, it's a very bizarre time, no question. Very, very, very difficult to recruit. We don't have to talk about it for the 50th time as to why it's so difficult. But during this time, he is getting these three-star guys that do have the frames where you can see that, okay, well, if everything comes together, there's absolutely a high ceiling for these three-star guys. So it's not a bad class, all things considered. I know we keep going back to that talking point. Um, but really, I, I don't feel like we're just homering ourselves to oblivion here. Like, this is something we actually believe. Like, this is a solid offensive line commit that's 6'5", 290, and can play, can block. He has the good film. So, it's yeah, it's it's a weird recruiting cycle, but Mel Tucker's just trying to get the diamonds in the rough. Every coach is, but he's trying to get his diamonds in the rough by physical build and seeing if the players can <laughs> develop into their own bodies, which... I don't hate that strategy for the time being right now. It, it We'll see if it pays off, but, man, I, it's it's not a bad future bet. No, and we've seen a lot of their prospects, a lot of their commits as risers. People have jumped up in the rankings, and this summer is going to be weird. Um, Very. Yeah. The, school, the school year, who knows what's going to happen if they're going to get to play at all. But, um, yeah, a lot of good potential. And did you read my thing on Hampton Fay? No, of course. No, actually, I know I, was, I, know, I was slammed at work, but I will tomorrow. I, no, you won't. It's fine. No, oh, oh, now I'm, no, I'm going to prove you wrong. <laughs> um, I think just based on what I've seen, there's a lot of really good football players here uh, in their class. It's 26 in the country. The average rating is not as high as you'd like it to be. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, um, there's a very good possibility that that average rating is going to be bumping up here. Um not a ton, but it will be bumping up a little bit in the next uh, couple of weeks. So, And they're still in on some really good prospects and still have a chance to land some really nice players that are you know, considering big schools. They're um, even one of the uh, – they're projected to have a really good shot at a running back who's considering between like them, Oklahoma State, USC, and some other pretty good programs. So they're still Not in it for well. some – What? They're, they're not done. You know the video they tweeted they're, out? They're, 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 not, they're not, not done. done. They're not done with their eight-person class. <laughs> That's my favorite thing is, like, judging. Like, well, I mean, they're not that good. It's only – yeah, yes, there's eight people. We probably shouldn't judge the entire class. But I think it's still yeah. still in a point where it's, like, a solid start. I like a, a number yeah. of these guys. And – um you know, check with me in October and let's kind of, that's when we can really evaluate this class and sort of see where it's at. And there's, uh, as we're learning with Mel Tucker, even when they lose recruiting battles, that doesn't mean they're done battling in that specific no, thing. No. Um, yeah. Anthony Beaver is a four-star receiver athlete uh, out in California who committed to USC pretty much over Michigan State and over, I guess, ASU was in it for them, uh, for him too. Mm-hmm. Um, he, Michigan state sent him a thing for the first run of the draft 
like still sending him stuff, still recruiting him. Um, he tweeted about Michigan State that the kid saying something along the lines of like, "Man, Michigan State's really racking up commits," like something like that. Um, so like, and this he's not the only one. Like they are still they're offering kids who have committed places. They still recruit. They don't like until someone signed. They're fair game. Um, yeah. And so that is a huge departure. <laughs> Uh, we saw it a little bit, I guess, with Mark D'Antonio towards the end because Urban Meyer forced everyone's hands. Sure, right. But right. Uh, Mel Tucker comes from SEC recruiting. It's the game. He's playing the game, and that's uh, refreshing. Maybe they can pull some kids, get some flips. There's, there's certainly going to be many more flips under the Tucker regime than there were in the D'Antonio regime where they probably got like three total, and one was someone who was committed to Western Michigan. <laughs> Uh, correct. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Still a good one, though. Hey, oh, I'll yeah. Take it. Hey, Pey- Th- thank you, Mark, for your services. Yeah. Peyton Thorne, we are looking forward to uh, your development, sir. You know I am. Um, please, please, please develop. Please. Yeah, just anyone. I don't even care. <laughs> someone. Some, someone win the quarterback job. <laughs> just someone uh, win, and, and let's go into the fall with. Uh, yeah, we know who the quarterback's going to be. Uh, I, I can't have this be a season of games like the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl where, like, Elijah Collins is a leading passer going into the fourth quarter, you know? I just, I just can't have a season of that. None of us can have a season no. of that. We just can't take it. It would be uh, less than ideal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll pause here. Let's come back and talk about um, some other reactions we had from the NFL draft as it relates to uh, some Michigan State Spartans. Matt, who was the most surprising undrafted player out of all of Michigan State's folks? Oh, man, it's a dead heat between Williams and Bocce. Um, Poor boy. Pick uh, one, you coward. Uh, Williams. Williams is what, who is who I'd have to go with. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I know that's that's a coin toss, really. I'm sure people would be split right down the middle on that. But, yeah, I, I got to go Raekwon for, for the most surprising, for sure. Yeah. Okay. I would, actu- you? You, I would actually – sorry um, – I'd actually go Bachi. Okay. At the beginning of the process, I would have said Raekwon would have been more surprising to go undrafted. Mm-hmm. Um, but just going through it, um, I thought Bachi tested good enough to get drafted. Sure. And um, it seemed like the stock on him was like, yeah, he's, he's fifth rounder. Someone will take him in the fifth round. Um and you saw some fourth round, you saw some sixth round, you saw some seventh round, you saw a, a very rare top 90, top 100 prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a lot of like, hey, fifth round. Um, whereas I, I think I saw more Raekwon like sixth, seventh round after the combine. If he had a good combine, he would have gotten drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had just, a, he, it, it couldn't have gone worse <laughs> Yeah, for him. Yeah. Um, so I, after that, I was like, ooh, Raekwon might not get drafted. But I thought Bocce tested pretty well and, and would have gotten drafted. Um, so I was more surprised that he didn't get picked. No, th- that's fair. And just like you're saying, too, like there were some mock drafts that yeah, I didn't see Bocce go late in the third round. So Which I thought was always too high. Fifth round, I, I, right. I saw it was insane, too. But you read that, and it's like, okay, well, he's definitely going to get drafted at least. Like, that's yeah. nice. But it's like, what? What? Like, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, both were just downright shocking uh, to, to me to see the end of the draft go by and none of those guys go off the board. Um, it's hard to put reason to it. I mean, you did with Raekwon and, and the, the – combine didn't go all as well and whatnot but 
Um, they're in good situations, though, I, I guess, right? I mean, with mm-hmm. Raycon going to Philly. Um, Philly, who d- didn't draft a defensive lineman um, in the draft, so he is right now, I'm, I'm sure they have other guys that are undrafted free agents that are going to be entering the defensive lineman room, but of the of those, Raycon would be the alpha dog amongst the rookies they're trying to crack. What is already a pretty talented uh, interior defensive line for Philly and what Bocce's going to New Orleans. New Orleans mm-hmm. drafted Zach Bond, who he also fell. Like there were there were a lot of outlets that had Bond being a late first, early second round guy, and he fell all the way to what round three or four, I think. So Bocce's going to have company there. Um, yeah, now, see, he might be able to gets. practice squad it, but he might have a tough time making the team as an undrafted guy. And I was just going to say, if he's going to make the practice squad, Will, do you know who's on the practice squad that he might have to kick off? His Andrew Dowell. Oh, is he insane? Uh, yep, <laughs> he's with the Saints. He's a linebacker. He's on the practice squad. Just what Bocce is probably gunning for right there. So oh, hey, man. who knows? Maybe, maybe Bell moves up. Or, sorry, Bell. Dowell. Maybe Dowell moves up into the depth chart, and yeah. then Bocce takes his hey, uh, wishful thinking. But there you go. Yeah, that's a little uh, MSU on MSU battle going on right there out of the shoot in New Orleans. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well put. I was like, I've got nothing to add. Um, Who do you think landed in the most interesting spot uh, of the other guys? I think we talked a little bit about Lewerke. Yeah. And that's a really, almost like a perfect spot because, like, what other franchise do you want to go to um, than the one that's won the most, the one with Mm -hmm. the best coach, the one with an offensive coordinator who's been there forever, um, the one who honestly doesn't care where you were drafted, like, that is the thing. Like, nobody gets favorites played with them in New England, not even Tom Brady. Um, and a spot with an opening. Jarrett Stidham is not uh, entrenched in any sort of way. Brian Hoyer is a journeyman backup who we love, but is a journeyman backup. Um, Lewerke's going to have a chance there, and what a, what better place to have a chance Oh, it's the best place, New yeah. England. Well, you talk about a great head coach, great offensive coordinator. They don't play favorites. But they also have in the league probably the thinnest quarterback room, and they didn't even probably. bother to draft a quarterback. Yeah, uh, They picked up Lewerke. They picked up Jamar Smith, and that's going to be the battle for the third guy unless they pick up someone else, another journeyman for the third slot. But I I wouldn't suspect they would. But, yeah, so that's a great spot for Lewerke. But there's one other guy who kind of I, I arched my eyebrow towards, and I was like, Maybe, pro- probably? No, maybe just maybe, but it's, it's Daryl Stewart. Yeah, he's the next Darryl one. Stewart, yeah, Daryl Stewart going to Green Bay. And Packers, I don't know what they were doing. I don't know what the strategy was for the draft other than just complete mayhem. Hucking darts. Hucking darts and pissing off the greatest player in their franchise's history. That was it. Oh, and all their fans, all their owners, uh, if you will. Yeah, so if, if they were going for just incredible ratings on Sports Talk Radio in the Green Bay area, I'm <laughs> sure they it. Smoked the ratings uh, to oblivion, but yeah, uh, Green the Bay. Backers, not, what are they doing? Well, what are they doing? Uh, they're not necessarily filling a big need with wide receiver. They no. kind of need a receiver. Well, do you know what they didn't draft? They no. didn't draft a receiver. No. <laughs> like right now, the receiver room is fine. They have Devonte Adams. It's solid. not fine. It's bad. It's Devonte Adams and a bunch of guys who are rep- less than replacement level. Two replacement level NFL receivers. When, like, when Devin Funches is your big splash free agent for the wide receiver room, you know that listen. things. He's a fine player. No, Don't he's get not. Me wrong, no, he's like, not. No, he's not. I he's see. We have a different, different no, definition he's of terrible. fine. Terrible. 
terrible. I wouldn't put the word terrible on him. I'd put him somewhere between fine and terrible. But anyway, so but hey, he's in the starting rotation right now with Marquez Valdez Scantling. I, I that's not necessarily um, <laughs> oh crap, Ty- Tyree Kill by any means. Um, and the other guys that Stewart would have to beat are uh, Alan Lazard, the Saint Brown guy from Notre Dame, whose name I'm not even going to try right now, and Jake Kumaros. Equinemius. Again, I'm not going to try it. That's not necessarily a murderer's row of receivers to beat out, is it? Like, even some no. of the starters, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, I, I don't know. With those six guys, Devontae Adams solid in place, Devin Funches solid in place, all these guys are probably <clears throat> solid in place for the death chart. But, man, when you got a guy like Daryl Stewart, who's the one of the few rookies coming into camp, that's that's where the eyebrow gets arched right there. It's like, wait a minute, if he can have a good camp, he could absolutely replace one of these three or four jokers right now. Yes. Um, so that's what goes without saying because, like, the other guys... Sorry, did you want to add about Stewart before I go any further? No, I wanted to add about Devin Funches. you freaking okay, sure, idiot. Sure. <laughs> yeah, well, he, okay, he had some good... This is my NFL analyst. Analysis. Fantasy he, football. He caught a bunch of touchdowns once. See? Okay. I don't have to say any more. It was actually twice, but yeah, that's essentially what it is. Yeah, he played one game last year, broke his clavicle, um, was out for the entire season, uh, had a bunch of money that he made last year, and now isn't making any money. I don't think. He shouldn't be. I don't know his number, but I imagine it's a couple of I don't know either. Dollars. But hey, two um, years ago, he gave me two good games of fantasy as I go. went down to eighth place out of ten teams. But still, uh, neither here nor there. His drop rate in 2018, his last full season, was 13.9% highest in the league. Oh, he thinks he's Ebron. All right. Shoot. He is okay. worse than Ebron at catching uh, the football. I, well, when you're worse in the league, you're worse than a lot of people. Yeah. He, All right. Yeah. He has... Oh, and... Um, in 2017, yeah, tw- or no, 2016, he had the worst catch rate as well. Yeah. He's one of the hmm. worst receivers in the NFL. Hmm. 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 All right, well, on that note, should I just go into full negative mode and talk about other undrafted free agents, MSU guys? Sure. I mean, hey, don't get me wrong. It, it is fantastic that they're getting this opportunity. I just don't foresee it necessarily shaping up. Um, I've been wrong plenty of times before. Uh, hopefully this is the time I'm wrong for these three guys with Cody White going to KC, Mike mm-hmm. Panashu going to Las Vegas, and Tyler Higby going to Minnesota. Um, Cody White going to KC, listen, it's not a secret how tremendous those athletes are and what he'll have to do. To beat out some people, like yeah, you got the trio of Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Michael Hardman. We're not obviously talking about those guys. I don't think Cody's going to be jumping any of those guys. But backups like Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle, Felton Davis. I, I was going to say he's maybe, not even the best Michigan State undrafted free agent on the Chiefs' I, receiving roster. Exactly. Yeah. So it's going to be quite the uphill battle for Cody White. Mm-hmm. Uh, Panashuk, listen, I, I'm a big fan of his, but he wasn't even invited to the combine. Um, so that tells you what the NFL thinks baseline right there. Hopefully he could prove the haters wrong, yeah, uh, make some noise great. over in Las Vegas. Um, and Tyler Higby, uh, he joined the Vikings, who had 15 draft picks. I still can't get over <laughs> that. 15. Draft picks and three of those were offensive linemen. So right now uh, he's one of at least four, and that's not including the other undrafted free agents yeah. that they probably signed that are going to be entering that room vying for a spot there. I mean, it's not like the Vikings have a murderer's row of an offensive line just maulers, but wow, there's a lot of fish in that pond. It's a to 
to yeah. stay down in the water there. Yeah. A lot of uphill battles for all of them. Um, it is. It is. I haven't that, heard anything on Dell or anything like that yeah. yet. But that's kind of what we expected. I, I do think there's a, a realistic path for Lewerke and a realistic path um, for Daryl Stewart. And I would think Joe Bocci and Raekwon Williams are the kind of undrafted guys that are like, they were fringe drafts players. They have chances to make the team... Um, play some NFL games this season, potentially. I think both those guys have a potential of doing that. Whereas Stewart and Lorkey have a chance to maybe make a team get on a practice squad and, and stick around for a little bit and see if they can jam their foot in the door and, and hang on for a little bit of a career, you know? Yeah, no, I, I co-sign with, with you 100%. We're in lockstep there, for sure. Perfect. We should hug it out. Okay, well, I'll start driving <laughs> right now. Um, I think that's going to do it, Matt. That's going to do it for our show. Heck yeah. All right. Nice. Look at us. A lot of offensive line talk. Whew, oh, that was, that was nice. That was nice. Oh, you know what? We should have Brooks on. I ah, got to text Brooks, him and see Brooks. what he thinks about uh, Wigginton because he shoots it straight and I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love just asking him. <laughs> Steven, when you, when you hear this, if you hear this, just text me your thoughts on Wigginton. I won't out you or say what you think or anything like that. Unless they're great words, then we absolutely yes. will. But, um, yeah. but yeah, I love texting him and just being like, hey, what do you think about so-and-so? Um, yeah, should have had Brooks yet. That's going to do it for us today, though. Let's do a mailbag tomorrow. I want to do a big mailbag. Oh, wow. Oh, oh, wow. oh big mailbag. Yeah, okay. we've got wow. 24 hours, listeners, 24 hours Shoot. to get mailbag questions in. We're going to tweet it out like right now. Oh, oh my. Okay. Yeah. LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. Will underscore underscore Hunter, 1L2 underscores, at Sheehan underscore sports. Mm-hmm. Send us a bunch of questions about uh, recruiting, oh. football, basketball, draft, anything you want. Life, we relationship love, advice, anything. Yes, yeah. We love the questions that have nothing to do with our show. Those are our favorites. Mm-hmm. If you can send in just a bunch, that would be Really appreciate it, and we'll do a big mailbag thing unless we have some recruiting stuff to get to, which we could. We very yeah, well might. Know. There might be a certain cornerback who is rumored to maybe be committing uh, on Tuesday. I don't know. I'm not plugged in enough, but I just the scuttlebutt is it could be happening on Tuesday. I think I know who you're talking about. Chuck. What? Mm. Hmm? Anyway. Um Yeah, that's going to do it for us. Rate, review, subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with a big mailbag episode. Maybe some recruiting. Matt, take us home. Just mailbag us to the moon. Let's go. Let's let's just get nuts. (laughs) Mailbag is a verb. It's incredible.